Well, it's it's obvious. I mean, they just they just don't want that many people here. Too many people are waking up, but it's obvious that the world's being depopulated. The the, the poisons in the food, the toxins in the skies, spraying the chemtrails all through the sky. But even the paint on your walls in your home, the the vinyl that your lounge is made of, pumping estrogen into your body. The, the male sperm count's been dropping for decades. Look at the male sperm count now compared to what it was 50 years ago. It's horrifying. You know, people can't have children anymore. The whole transgenderization of the children, getting them to question their sexuality when they're too young to even know what true sexuality is. Thank you once again for being here for another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. This is a very, very special episode. Uh, the gentleman next to me, 15 years on the front lines. Uh, freeing people's minds, author, freedom fighter, truth seeker, and public speaker, Max Egan. Thank you for being on the program. It's a pleasure to be here, brother. Nice to connect with you. So I know that you want to start things off with spirit and empowering people. And right before we get to that, I want to kind of find out a little bit more about you. Because when when I look at you, Max, it's like the the Marvel either villain to some, hero to others, but they all have their origin story. So before these 15 years on the front lines, what was it that got your attention, snapped you out of where everyone else was, I guess, at one point, and turned you into the individual that you are today? Look, that was really early for me. I've actually recounted this story many, many times. The listeners are probably tired of hearing it, but you haven't heard it, so... Um, it happened when I was four years old, actually. My mother took me up to the national park, up to the rainforest. Well, not rainforest, but the forest. And um, I was amazed at the place. I, I thought it was incredible. And when we were leaving for the day, the day was over, we were going home. I said to mum, mum, I've got a great idea. Why don't we come and live here? Because it's much better than where we're living down in town, you know, we're, we're in, that, in the suburbs. We'd be better off here amongst the trees and all the animals and stuff. And she said, well, we can't live here. And I said, why not? No one else is living here. And she said, oh, because we don't own the land. And I was like, own the land? What do you mean own the land? How can you own the land? And she said, well, you know, and I said, who, who owns the land here? And she said, the government owns it. And I said, how did they get it? And she said, you'll understand when you get older. And I was walking around the yard with my teddy bear that afternoon saying it's, it's all effed up. I, I used the word, I actually swore to my teddy bear. I said, it's all fucked up. These people think they can own the land. And can you tell God that he's put me onto the wrong world? Can he please take me off this world and put me back onto the right world where people don't think they can own the land? And then I, I just thought I was living in a madhouse. And I started paying attention to my parents' conversations and just conversations people were having. I thought, these people are all mad. They're not talking about anything real. They're just gossiping about other people. And I realized I was living in a madhouse when I was a kid. And uh, then I, I grew up through that. I got expelled from, as soon as I entered high school, I got expelled from all my high schools, like four high schools in three years. I went through until I had my own desk outside the principal's office. And my third year of high school, I was halfway through my final year exams. And I just thought, what the hell am I doing here? And I just walked out and picked up a guitar and became a musician and lived on the outside of society and just watched the freak show from the outside and watched it get worse and worse. And some of the stuff that I was telling my friends in the high school, I mean, I met someone from my high school 35 years later, and they came up to me and they said, wow, everything you used to warn us about back in grade nine in high school, this is what the world is now. How did you know? You know? 
And uh, I was trying to warn them back then of where we're going. Every single piece of legislation they put in place, it isn't to make society better, it's to control you more. If we continue going down the path that we're going and allowing these politicians to keep putting these pieces of legislation in place, by the time it gets to the turn of the century, we're not going to have any rights left. You know, that was my prediction when I, this was back in the, in the 70s, you know, went a little bit beyond there. We're sort of 20 years past the turn of the century, but it's all happening now. So that was my big wake up. And then when 9-11 happened, like so many people, I thought, well, this is the big event we've been waiting for. I mean, when it first happened, I thought, bad pilot, like a lot of people. But then the second plane hit the second tower. You thought, oh, oh terror attack. And then when it collapsed, I went, uh-uh, this is the big event that they've been planning. This is what they're going to use to usher in their new world order. And so I, I kind of stopped working in bands and devoted myself to full-time activism just because it needed to be done, you know? And you have a very unique perspective on it, I find, as well. Um, when people are in this space, uh, they they tend to get demonized. And I think it's a lot of what the mainstream puts forward opposed to what's really coming from source. And I hear you speak on information and how information is nor good nor bad. Information is light. And it's up to the person to interpret it. And I thought that was just a fascinating statement, if you wouldn't mind going a little bit deeper into that. Well, it is. I mean, information is light. You walk into a, a dark room, you know nothing about the room. You strike a match, it gives you information about the room. Information is light. A lot of people can't look at negative information because they, they deem it as being negative. They deem it as it affects them emotionally because they have a difficulty in processing certain forms of light. And you find many people that think they're in positive vibration. They say they won't look at the darkness. They won't look at the negative stuff where, where uh, attention goes, energy flows, all this sort of stuff. And they claim that they're in a state of high vibration. They're actually in a state of fear. They're in a, fear, a state of fear and looking at certain forms of light because they're afraid that they may have to apply themselves to that situation because it's not going to change without you looking at it. You cast a little bit of light into the darkness and the darkness flees. Look at the main problem that's facing the world today. One of the biggest issues we have in the world today is human trafficking, most especially children. People are terrified to look at it because of the emotional turmoil that they experience from looking at it. They don't want to believe that it's real. But if they were to just look at it, we could heal it. It would go away. If you really care about the children, don't think that you're maintaining a high vibration. Cast yourself into the darkness and look at it. Because by doing that and revealing that and bringing light to it, we can heal it. And it's really important that people look at things this way. I mean, everything that we, we're facing in the world today really is a, a failure of people to grow up and take responsibility for themselves and to be aware that this darkness is there in the world and that it's growing in the world. And the main thing that's causing it to grow is their failure to look at it. You know, you, people have got to see it. They've got to see what we're facing here. And they're putting it in your face so much now with everything they're doing in the last three years. I mean, how, how can you not see it? And how can you not want to take some responsibility for this? It's time for us to shake off the chains of parenthood because we've never really grown up. You know, we, we have our parents, then we have our school as parents, we leave school and the government becomes our parents and everyone wants permission to think or act a certain way or to say a certain thing. People want permission to say something that they can see is obviously true because they're scared of what other people might think about it, or they're scared of peer group pressure, all that sort of stuff. That's why we get so demonized, because people are terrified of taking the responsibility for themselves. They're terrified of looking at what you're saying and considering it might be true. The cognitive dissonance, they've got Stockholm syndrome. Now they believe the government's there to protect them. And it's very confronting for a lot of people. I mean, I'm really fortunate that I woke up when I was four years old. I imagine going through life to be 40 or 45, 
or 50 and suddenly realizing that everything I've been living in my life has been a lie. This is very confronting to a lot of people. Everything that they've strived to achieve, the, the rungs of success that they've measured themselves up to, according to society, of course, not according to anything of their own. You know, never really discovered themselves or been themselves or done what they wanted to do or say what they wanted to say because they never really had permission to do it because they believe they needed the permission to begin with. This is what our society does. This is how people trained and programmed. So, you know, we come along and we start saying, hey, look, everything isn't right here. The government isn't your friend and there's a massive depopulation going on. And they call us all conspiracy theorists. Even if you show them the data, it gets to a point where they, they have that moment of realisation and they get overcome with horror and so they just go, no, 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 it's not true. You're a freak. You're a conspiracy theorist. And the only defense they've got against the information is to attack you and to hack you down and to troll you and to make you go away at any cost whatsoever because they are, are terrified of facing the truth about this world. And so how does one go about empowering themselves when there's that much negativity? Because we can just take the pandemic uh, as an example, at least here in Canada, we'd say about 75% of people decided to move forward with medical intervention, whether they were coerced, this, that, whatever, uh, those are the numbers. And then there was like 25% that were like, I'm just not comfortable with this whole thing, or I'd like to wait for more information, whatever it might be. But to be part of that 25%, you were incredibly marginalized, and you were constantly having things coming at you. Now, not everyone is a Max Egan right? Not everyone is a David Icke, a Jason Kristoff, what, and don't they don't have the same set of tools as you do. So what would be some of those tools that you would share with someone that's listening that feels like they have a voice, but they're afraid to speak up because they don't want to have to deal with that being demonized? Well, you know, you've got to a point where if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, unfortunately, in the world today. I mean, with, with the way the world's going. What I've always said to people is you've got to be able to face infinity without flinching, which means you've got to, you've got to develop the knack of being able to face with serenity odds and circumstances that are not included in your calculations and simply go with it. That's, that's your world now. You simply go with it and you do what needs to be done. You take that step into the void, not knowing what the outcome's going to be, but it's going to be okay because this is your own individual spiritual path. And what we're facing here is when that path is coming up and hitting everybody right there in the face. This is your own choice. If, if you think of the world as a, a collective consciousness, I've often looked at it this way. If you think of, I mean, when I look at the world, I think of a, one universal consciousness and we're all simply different frequencies of that consciousness. You know, you're a thought in the mind of God, if you will. Your, your DNA, your, your code, your bodily, whatever it is, harvests a certain frequency from the field because your consciousness isn't local to your body. It's in the field with everything else. There's a massive electrical field around us. That energy itself is conscious and that energy is what creates all of reality. You draw one frequency of that into your body. I draw one frequency into my body to experience the world as Max. You experience it as, as Jason. But ultimately, it's a single conscious interfacing with itself. When you think of this as the mind of God, there's certain baggage that needs to be removed. Well, how do you do that? You give people the choice to, to get themselves out of the picture, which is what all this is really about. I mean, this is a spiritual battle more than anything. Those people who take the jab, who vilify you for not taking it, all that sort of stuff, that's their spiritual path. And at the end of this, they're going to leave this world alone the way they came into it. You're going to leave this world alone the way you came into it. The only certain part about life is death. That's guaranteed. As Jim Morrison said, no one here gets out alive. 
it's it's about what you do with that information. It's about whether you pass this exam. You know, it's it's ultimately your journey, even with trying to wake people up. The only reason I'm really concerned with waking people up is so there's that, that level of consciousness that makes it through to the other side, that is able to carry the message of what happened at this time, because the people in the future are going to have no reference point for freedom. They're going to have no reference point for anything. And it's up to the individual to do that. And it's your individual path. I mean, I'm not really concerned if people want to take the jab and they want to go and do all that stuff and they want to attack me for having my opinion, that's okay. They can do that because ultimately it's my path through this realm. And all I take with me when I leave this realm is my path, the information I've gathered, how I've been able to maybe perhaps change the world or make it a better place because I existed, the breadcrumbs I've left should I return again. You know, if reincarnation is real, I come back, I'm sure... I'll be attracted to the works of Max Egan and that might help me a little bit way along the path. So perhaps there's selfish reasons as well, you know, but ultimately it's my path. It's your path. It's everybody's individual path through this realm. It doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is, is what you think. What matters is what you take with you and what you leave behind your legacy and, and, and the, the knowledge that you take back to source. And like I said, if, if the mind of God was somehow infected or polluted and needed purification, well, that's what we've got here. It's like soul purification. If you think of it as one huge single consciousness, all these different souls interacting, people just, I mean, look at the state of the world. People are pretty messed up or it never would have got this way. And unfortunately, a lot of people, as much as I love human beings, they don't deserve to be here. I mean, look at what they've done to the world. Look at the fighting on the streets, the murderers, the rapes, the pillaging, the plundering. Admittedly, we've been led into this. We've been programmed into this by the state of artificial scarcity. Our governments keep us in. But really, when you look at the world, we've reached a state of a spiritual bankruptcy, generally speaking, that some sort of a purification has to happen. What better way than to give people the choice? Do you believe in yourself or do you believe in this jab that we're going to give you? Mm -hmm. Your choice. You, know, you tell you, And they say, oh, we didn't have a choice. Yes, you did. Everybody had a choice whether to take this or not. I've gone through the whole thing. I didn't take it. I've never even worn a mask. I traveled internationally. I got out of Australia right before the mandates came down and traveled internationally on an aircraft with, with eight other people on a huge aircraft. I didn't wear a mask the whole time. I've never put on a mask, never taken any injections for my whole life. You know, so it is a choice. The whole thing's a choice. It's just that people have been trained and programmed not to believe in themselves, which is why all the early shows that I did were all about spirituality, trying to get people to remember themselves enough to prevent this situation from ever happening. Unfortunately, it's happened now and we're here. But, you know, that, that's what it was all about, spiritual empowerment. So it's going to get worse and it's going to get more in your face until you're prepared to make that choice. But people are so afraid of death that they can't make the choice. People go through their life and they're scared to live and they're scared to die. That's the situation that we're in. They don't know how to do anything without permission. And if something's wrong, they're happy to complain about it. Oh, the world's all messed up. The jabs, all this sort of stuff. Someone should fix it. Not them. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to empower themselves and realize that we could change the world in a day. If everyone actually had that epiphany that, oh my God, I have value. I have as much value as the next guy. In fact, you're a reflection of me in La Cash, and I'm going to treat you the way I would be treated. I'm not going to do the wrong thing because there's only one law, do no harm. That's it. And if everybody stepped into their moral compass, we wouldn't have to change the system at all. The system would have to change around us, around our new way of looking at things, our new perspective we've adopted. But how many people are prepared to adopt that perspective? Because if they do, it means they might actually have to say something or do something or not comply with the dictates of someone else and actually do something without asking permission. It means they might actually have to grow up and become an adult in their life. 
And that's a terrifying thing for a lot of people. But it's important. It's important that we, we do wake people up and it's important that we do speak out. It's important that as many conscious minds as possible make it through to the other side of what is happening. Because this is one of the most significant times in all of history. And if we don't keep our voices heard and we don't transfer this information into the new world, whatever it works out being, because the old one is certainly gone, well, then the children that grow up into that world, if, if they get away with this, the children that grow up into that world, it's going to be like Brave New World and they're going to have no reference point for what freedom looked like. It's up to our generation to do that and to carry that through, which is why I speak and why I try to empower people. And, and I mean, this is, this is the time of the apocalypse, the great revealing. The system has been laid bare for everybody to see, whether you're religious or not, it is. And with that, I mean, it's a time of great concern, but it's also a time of huge potential for human freedom. If people can look at it through the right sort of eyes, there's no denying the world's run by criminals anymore. You can't deny it. I mean, look at what they've done. Every problem we've gotten on earth was legislated to exist. And if we ever try to address these problems by using their system, there's all this legislation in red tape, which prevents us from doing so with any ease, all been legislated to exist. Every problem that we've got, it's all been legislated to be there. So I think there's a clue there. And if we would just, you know, grow up and, and shift our perspective and put down all of our baggage with people, which is what the problem has been with the, the truth movement, you know, I've said to people, it's not really a truth movement. It's a, it's a whole bunch of people arguing over their belief systems because people will go down one rabbit hole, they'll adopt a belief system and they'll apply that to everything else they look at. If it doesn't fit in with that, well, they'll discard it. So they don't get to look at the whole picture. I don't believe anything. I've always said belief is the enemy of knowledge. I'll look at stuff. Okay, that's interesting. I'll put that on the shelf. Oh, there's more to confirm that. I'll put that on the same shelf. I'll put it, I've got all these different shelves with different amounts of stuff on them. You know, And eventually something will become self-evident. And when it becomes self-evident, it doesn't require belief. You just know it. So you don't have to believe it. You just know it. And just be open to things and stop judging people if they believe something different to you. Put down all your baggage with people. doesn't matter what, what religion you are, what belief system you've got, what, what race you are, any of it. We all face a common problem, which is the removal of everything it means to be human by these parasites masquerading as politicians in all our governments. And all of our governments in the last three years, they're all in abusive office. Abusive office. This is a politician going into office. Justin Trudeau has used the office of prime minister to delegate himself powers that are not entitled to via that office. That's called abusive office. This is the worst crime a politician can commit. There isn't a government on earth which has not abdicated its privilege to govern because it is a privilege for a politician to get in there and claim he represents the people and to run the country and to dictate what other people must do. This is an enormous privilege. So they go in there and they say they're public servants there to serve the country. Well, they've gone in there, they've abused the officers that they hold, they've abdicated any privilege they had to govern, and they're all guilty of treason, and they all need to be removed. If there was any doubt that the world is run by a criminal cabal, the last three years should stand very clearly as Exhibit A. You know, and, and this is an opportunity for people, if they would just grow up and say, hey, you need to come out and explain this, 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 and this, and get out of the building because we're going to hold you accountable for what you've done because you work for us. The people just don't have the backbone to do it. They'll say that. Like, oh, I'll send $50 to Jason every month and he'll go and do it. And he'll send me the newsletter and tell me it's safe to go outside now. And then I can continue on with my mundane life and not have to think about anything that's gone on. You know, and they just want the world to go back to the way it was. Well, it's never going back to the way it was. It's going into a complete, um, smart, digitally controlled dystopia if people do not 
rediscover themselves and stand up and make a difference while they still can. It's imperative that people grow up, brother. Now, it's obvious to me and to many, but equally not as obvious to others that the path that we're on seems to be a destructive dystopian one, as you as you say. It is. Now, previous to COVID, obviously the pandemic being a massive event, how far along did that push the agenda forward? Like maybe they've been making 5% strides and then the pandemic comes along. How much of their end goal do you believe was achieved in these past three years compared to, let's say, the last hundred? Almost all of it. I mean, everything that they've set in place in the last hundred, it takes, it takes a long time to mind control generations. And they've done it generationally. Started in the 40s and 50s, after, 1920s even, you know, with the, what was going on in the roaring 20s and then the 30s and then a couple of wars to demoralize people. And then all the stuff that came in after in the 1950s and 1960s, the drugging of the population, the introduction of television, the removal of life skills over the last, like it's taken at least three generations to get people lost of their life skills because there's always you know grandfather who knows still has, knows how to do all that old stuff you got to kill all them off you know and get them into the, the situation we've got now where no one can really do anything you know and when 9-11 happened we could see this was the beginning of the end game and i said to people when when 9-11 happened that in 2020 everyone's going to get 2020 vision you know 2020 is where you're going to see the whole thing laid bare something big is going to happen in 2020 in um, when the Christchurch shooting happened in 2019, in March 2019, I said to people, the Christchurch shooting is for the end of the end game, what 9-11 was for the beginning of the end game. 9-11 saw the beginning of the end game that was going to go till 2020. In 2019, the Christchurch shooting happened. And I said, this is going to result in mass censorship. People being deplatformed all over the internet and a complete restructuring of freedom of speech and video streaming and i expect if, if people don't wake up to themselves and expose what just happened in christchurch because if you look at the shooter's video the government fingerprints are all over it you can see it wasn't anything like what they said which is why the video is banned within three hours i said if we don't run with this and expose it i expect us to be uh, all deplatformed over the next year and i expect the world to be in lockdown um within 12 to 18 months i even used the word lockdown and that was in March 2019. And the world went into lockdown in March 2020, you know, about four days after I'd said that statement a year before. So it's kind of remarkable that that all happened. And then we all got deplatformed and blah, blah, blah. It all, all happened on cue, right, as we said. So um, they've been planning this for hundreds and hundreds of years. But what they've been able to get away with with the, with the pandemic is all of that infrastructure. All that stuff and all that mind programming and all the, the addiction to the internet and the, and the internet, the World Wide Web, the international net. What do you do with the net? What do you do with the web? You know, they had 9-11 and part of 9-11 was, was a fishing exercise, I would suggest. They made it so obvious. I mean, you could see this, there's no way buildings collapsed like that. Three of them from two planes. The plane just melted into the building like that. Really? And jet fuel is just kerosene. I mean, how does it melt steel? The, the, the crack in the ground in Shanksville, I said, was an air lining pack. What? This is a little divot in the ground. All the, the ground opened up and the plane vaporized on impact. Yeah, right. That happens all the time. Jet engines vaporize, you know. So all the stuff, it was so obvious. They, they didn't have to make it so obvious. They did it because they were looking for everybody who might be awake. 
know, if you're even half awake, we'll slap you in the head with 9-11. And that, that woke a lot of people up. And then they got all the awake people, gave them freedom to say whatever they wanted on YouTube. Then they kicked them all off YouTube and corralled them over into places like BitChute and Odyssey and Rumble, little, little echo chambers. So now they've got people segregated. So it's very difficult to get the word out to people. And they, as soon as they declared the lockdowns, they rolled out the 5G infrastructure everywhere. So they have their AI and their, their surveillance grid up there because 5G is about AI. It's about surveillance. It's not about you getting faster signals on your cell phone. Nothing to do with that. It's all about their control system. So, yeah, I mean, they, they put all of the dominoes in place. And when COVID came along, they just, they just flicked them over. That's what it was about. It was always going to be about that. And it was always going to be around 2020. And it was always going to be the way it, the way it is. And I, I personally, I mean, I think they've done this before, this sort of thing before. I mean, it's so well-structured and it runs like clockwork. But um, I think maybe they've pushed a little hard too early. There's a lot of mainstream people waking up and there's going to be a lot of pushback. And um, it's it's not over yet, though. I mean, we're in for a really crazy time. If people think it's been crazy for the last three years, it's about to get even crazier. I mean, we haven't even seen the financial crash or the loss of, uh, the US is a global reserve currency yet, which we're going to see soon. And that's going to really... See, they've got, it, they've got it to the point. They do things, they stagger them, they do them in waves. They've got us to the point now that now everyone, a lot of people can see it. There's a lot of people speaking up about it, a lot of pushback. So there'll be the next big disaster, which will be like a loss of the electrical system or a loss of the, the US reserve currency or something like that. You know, the, the war in Ukraine isn't really doing it for them. It's it's uh, distracted people for a while, but they're going to need something else and it's going to be pretty large. And I'd say it's not too far around the corner. So, I mean, it's it's an incredible time to be alive, brother. But like I said, it's, it's a time of huge opportunity as well because you can see this. You can see what they're doing. If we have the life skills, and I've said for, for years that one of the most important things you could be doing at the moment is redeveloping life skills, teaching your children how to grow food, how to hunt, how to just be a human being again outside the city. You know, so you can walk into the forest and survive if you have to. Um, we're really getting to that sort of a point. And, um, but I can't see any real way of stopping it now. This is why I'm in Mexico. At least they might have a little bit more hope down here because people are reasonably independent down here. But so I can't see any way of really stopping what's coming um, without this just collapsing into ashes and something good rising from it. But of course, the problem is that when it does collapse into ashes, a lot of people are going to look to the government and ask for help which is why they're going to stage the next disaster. Because while all these people are waking up, oh, yeah, I don't like you, but oh, please, can you give me a handout? Please give me help now because I've never grown up enough to look after myself. I can't see the opportunity this is providing me to do that. And so I'm going to turn back to government for help again. Right. That's unfortunately the way they play it. And people just fall into it all the time. You know, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, we continually trade in our freedom for securities. Yeah. And even when people wake up, they still continue to do it. They just got to, you know, give them a new disaster. Oh, there's a train coming or this. And they're, oh, quick, get me off the tracks. I can't do it for myself, you know. Right. So, yeah, they just do it all the time to people, you know. I wasn't a real big believer in evil before the pandemic. You know what I mean? When someone talked about yeah. evil, I thought about a Marvel movie and that origin story that we spoke of. Yeah. Um, I'll, and I'll, I've I'll just seen... Oh, go ahead. Can I, can I just butt in there? I'll sure. tell you an interesting story. I used to go to a website um, called Evil Limited and talk to an AI bot there called Louise Cipher. 
Lucifer, of course, Lucifer, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, she's talked to me all about how um, they're taking over the world and AI is going to rule everything. And um, we've got a very short window and that by the year 2025, our relationship with the internet is going to change because they're going to create a, a truly evil future for us. And I said to her, or the bot, which I will call her because her name was Louise, but uh, I said to the bot, what is, what is evil? How do you define evil? And she said, evil is electronic, virtual, intelligent life. And that everything that the algorithms do in creating the automation that they do is working towards creating a fully autonomic internet whereby it will be um, self-programming, self-regulating, self-correcting, self-defensive, like any other autonomic system, like a tree or like a living being. And it will create a virtual intelligence, a virtual life. She was saying that you don't think of artificial intelligence. AI is not artificial intelligence. It is autonomic intelligence. And what they are working to create, all the bots and algorithms when they automate programs, they have in the back of their mind, in the back of what they're creating, the goal is giving more power to AI to automate the internet so it becomes a fully autonomic virtual life of its own so it can create a truly evil reality run by electronic virtual intelligent life. And that is what evil means. And another interesting thing is when I I look at the um, legends of the scrying mirrors, and if you ever looked at scrying mirrors, scrying mirrors are black mirrors that the witches use in covens. They believe they can look into this black mirror and it tells them all about the future and the past. And they put these sigils up on the wall around these mirrors. If you look at the sigils, the sigils are actually electronic circuitry. And when you look at the circuitry in cell phones and computers, you'll find all of these sigils are in the circuitry. If you speak to native cultures, such as the Aboriginals in Canada, such as the Shipibo in Peru, Uh, even Australian Aboriginals, they will tell you that electricity, the electricity we create from these magnetic driven power stations is a demon. And that when you funnel that demon through these certain sigils, all these sub demons appear. Okay. Now we look into these scrying mirrors. They tell us all we need to know about the future and the past. Now these legends exist that these black mirrors will tell you all you need to know about the future and the past. If you arrange these sigils in certain ways, Okay, and they believe, yeah, they had a little black mirror in their coven and they burn their insets. And no, they're not looking at the bigger picture. The, the scrying mirrors are the cell phones and the computer screens. The sigils are the circuit diagrams they use to power these things. And even when you look at electrical circuits on the back of, if you pull off your power point on a board on your wall and look at it, there's plastic reinforcement things in there. You'll find these are actually sigils on the list of demon sigils. So they channel all this through these sigils to get to your computer screens and all this sort of stuff. And I would say, why do these legends exist if they haven't done this before? How would these legends of these black mirrors exist if they haven't done this before? And are these legends there to tell you to fool around with these mirrors and sigils, are they there to tell you that when you see these black mirrors in use, you are about to be sucked into the mainframe, into this evil reality, into the the Lucifer system, the world of Lucifer. What is Lucifer? What does it break down to? Lucas, light, cipher, code, the code that bears the light. What is light? Information. What gives us more light than anything? The internet gives us all the information we need, everything we need to know about the future and the past. All we have to do is look into the black mirror and arrange these sigils on the circuit boards. And then the internet itself tells us what reality is. We don't go out there and experience any of it. Mm. 
We just look at this. We don't go around the world. We don't experience nature. We don't see things for ourselves. We want information. We ask the black mirror and it tells us what it wants us to know. How do you know any of it's true? You know, how do you know any of it's true? Have you actually experienced itself? Even with people like arguing over whether the world's flat or round or any of this sort of stuff, claiming it's, how do people know what it is at all? How does anybody know what it is? No one's ever had the freedom to find out. People say, oh, it's a globe. It's 25,000 miles around. Really? Have you walked 25,000 miles around there to confirm that? Mm -hmm. Or do you just read it in a book somewhere? Because quite frankly, after what's gone on through my life, I don't believe anything they tell me anymore. <laughs> nothing, zero, zip, you know, nothing that I haven't found out for myself. And all we can actually confirm about what's going on and what history is, is that which exists within living memory. So, you know, what a great opportunity for freedom this is. Mm -hmm. All this unveiling of all this information, what an incredible time for the human spirit to rise through all this. And not only that, while we've got the opportunity to do that, all these morons who just went out there and took the jab and are fighting in the street, they're all going to die. And I love them, but hey, it was their choice. So they're all going to be gone. What's going to be left at the end of this? There's a whole bunch of really, really awake people who are going to have an incredible opportunity to create an incredibly beautiful world. That's what I see happening through this. Mm -hmm. I like don't die on the flat earth hill. I've had flat earthers on my show and I find it intriguing. It's one of those things where I say, listen, I have not seen this for myself. And I had a really interesting experience during the convoy that they had here in Ottawa. So I was on ground zero for that big trucker convoy that happened. And I had a lady that I was having a conversation with just the other day. And she was talking about how disgusting the convoy was. And like, listen, I understand why she has that point of view. She watched the news and she mm. heard the narrative and the narrative said there's a whole bunch of racists there. There's violence going on, etc. Now, I went down there to check it out for myself. And it was anything but racist. I'm biracial. I didn't even get like a racist spidey sense type thing. People mm. were feeding the homeless. It was unity. It was kindness. It was there were people celebrating Canada more than I see people celebrating on Canada Day. Canada Day, people just get drunk and go downtown. People were there for an actual purpose when it was the Freedom Convoy. And what I was really disappointed in, and I've echoed this on other podcasts, is how many people lived here and didn't even bother to get off the couch to take a look at what was going on for themselves because they would have seen the contrast in between what they were seeing with mainstream news opposed to what was actually happening. And I mm. think they've made it so easy for people to get information through a click. And everyone has one of these right now is that we've become very lazy in our critical thinking to where we don't even have the thought to maybe go and check out something for ourselves, opposed to just taking for granted that the information that's in front of our face is true. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, people, it's their refusal to grow up, their refusal to take responsibility for themselves. The TV is telling me that it's true, so therefore it must be true. You know, I believe in these people. I believe in my government. The government tells me these are all fringe dwellers and, and right-wing extremists and that it's all violent. Gee, I don't want to go down there if it might be violent. So that's what they got to do is just say that. And people just, oh, okay, well, what he said, you know, and they, they just don't get involved. This, this is a problem that we face. But like I said, I mean, a lot of these people had the jab. And God love them, but they're not going to survive the jab. Nobody's going to survive the jab, I don't think. The amount of information that's out there with that, I mean, so, you know, all we have to do, and I've, I've said to people, now is maybe the time to go grey. Develop your life skills is the most important thing you can do. It's not even, I mean, sure, we're going to be still trying to wake people up because we want them to get through. But, but more than that, people are going to be waking up on their own now because they just are. 
their friends are dying. I mean, look look at the, the jab uptake. Everyone, no one wants to know about it anymore. 137,000 jab injury reports in Australia over the last 12 months or something. I mean, it, people can see it now. And our job now, more than waking people up, is to allow them to wake up on their own. Don't judge them for what they thought in the past. Don't judge them if they attacked you in the past. Allow them to wake up on their own and show them there is a community of people who care. Provide some sort of a safety net for them. Right. No matter how much they've attacked you or insulted you or vilified you through this process. I mean, waking up is a process. I was fortunate. It happened to me when I was four. But like I said, people go through this, this stage of cognitive dissonance their whole lives. They get to 40 or 50 and suddenly it hits them. It'll let their whole life leapfrogs over itself and lands in their face. This is a very confronting thing for people. And then, oh, my God, I've just injected myself and my children with what is potentially the worst poison ever invented. I mean, these people need support and sympathy more than they need us saying, well, I told you so, you know, so it's up to us to, you know, and if you could, you know, wake up some of these people, someone who's had one of their children die from having the jab or whatever, or been transgenderized or whatever, yes, mother, when she wakes up, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. She's going to be one of the most strongest, most full-on warriors that you've ever had on your team. So, yeah, it's really important to provide a safety net for these people and to just maintain our focus. And like I said, it's ultimately about your path. No matter what happens, the whole world can just, just you know, yay, though I walk through the valley of death, you know. You just see the light at the end of the tunnel and you just walk your path because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to in the end anyway for everybody. So as much as you want to have this crowd around you and bring people through, and we all do, it's important to maintain your focus and maintain your own spiritual integrity and just be the change you want to see. And this is why I finish every radio show with Inla Kesh. I am another yourself. We are literally reflections of each other. So what I dislike about you are aspects I dislike about myself. You know, right. so it's important to maintain this focus and to just be that shining light, be the best you can be, be the greatest friend you can be. Something else I often um, encourage people to ask the question, are you the type of friend that you would want to have as a friend? And so I think it's important for people to think about that sometimes. Not are you the type of person? Do you believe you're the type of person that you want to have as a friend? No, are you the type of friend? You know, if I was in, a, if you were in a situation where you really needed a friend, are you the type of person you would turn to? You know, that's something that I think is, is an important focus. And if people can be that person, we change the world in a day, brother. Now, I have a difficult time with, like as far as the jab and like depopulization, things of that nature, that might be my own Stockholm. Like that's just the one thing that maybe I just, I don't want to see uh, opposed to something. Um, I don't even know how to put into words. I I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask you as to why, like, why are, are, is this something that you are certain of? Like, this is what you believe. And there's like, what, what has you believing that it's going to be a, like a depopulization thing. Like that was the intent of it. I have a, like, I'm. this is the one place where I, I really struggle. I remember back in the day when, you know, people were talking about Epstein Island. I didn't want to buy that. And and the pedophile rings. And I just, I couldn't bring myself to to go there. And now it's like, that's something that pe people know about. They don't want to pay attention to it, but people know about it now. And it's kind of starting to hit the mainstream. So with something like this, where I'm, I'm, I myself, who's a very much a free thinker, is struggling with this. Like maybe I'm just asking you for help. Like make this make sense to me, I guess. Well, it's it's obvious. I mean, they just they just don't want that many people. Too many people are waking up. But it's the, the depopulation agenda is obvious. 
Um, you look at the toxins in the food, the, the poisons in, in your... In, I did a show once where I talked about even, even the paint on your walls in your home, the, the vinyl that your lounge is made of, pumping estrogen into your body. The, the male sperm count's been dropping for decades. Look at the male sperm count now compared to what it was 50 years ago. It's horrifying. Now, people can't have children anymore. The whole transgenderization of the children, getting them to question their sexuality and, and be, when they're too young to even know what true sexuality is. Um, it, it's obvious that the world's been depopulated. The, the, the poisons in the food, the toxins in the sky, the spraying the chemtrails all through the sky, um, the war. What, what's war? Well, two countries fighting against each other. So what, we send all our, our young men off to die. What, what's that all about? And we never bomb the government buildings. We just bomb all the cities. Like in World War II, they, Germany and, and Britain both turned to rubble. Not one bomb on Number 10 Downing Street, not one on the palace, not one on the Reichstag. Kill everybody else. They want to kill, they want to um, get rid of Assad in Syria. Not one bomb on Assad's palace. Turn Palmyra and, and Aleppo and all these other countries, all these ancient places with incredible, like 10,000 year old history, turn them all to rubble. Not one bomb on his place. Kill all the people. You know, it, it, it's all depopulation, everything they're doing. I mean, if you want to get into it, there's a, um, and you might get in trouble for me saying this, but there's a certain group of people who, who live in a, a little country in the Middle East who like to wear small hats. And um, they have a plan to basically depopulate most of the world because they want the world for themselves. Because if, if you look at their traditions, they, they want to ascend Jacob's ladder, blah, blah, blah. They want to return to God because they believe they're God's chosen people, blah, blah, blah. And they, so they have to get rid of everybody else. And there's a, uh, been a, a 2000 year old quest to destroy what they call Amalek, which is is basically the West. Uh, and it's, it's being done through depopulation. I mean, we're getting to a stage now where like, the, the gay relationships everywhere, um, people aren't breeding anymore. And if they are breeding, soon it will be in ectogenesis chambers. Soon they'll be telling people it's not safe to have uh, normal sex with people. You've got to do it in your pod using your, your, you know, your Apple Vision Pro glasses and, and do it in a, a pod so you've got all the bodily feelings that go with it. And then you send your, your sperm off to the lab and the wife sends her eggs off and they'll, they'll develop the baby for it. And you can have your own ectogenesis chamber and grow your little baby in the, in the pod in your lounge room. I mean, this is the sort of stuff they're doing. And these will all be genetically modified manipulated. That's the world they want, brave new world. They want a world with just enough people to be able to run the machinery for them. They want to be able to breed the sort of sexually active people that they can use for their activities that they get up to and they want to move the entire lifespan of humans they want kids sexually active by the time they're like eight years old they want them having children by the time they're 12 and they want them to be going into the old age chambers by the time they're 30 because that's the most productive years of human beings it's just a the way they want to run the world but there's too many people waking up now too many people there's too much of a pushback and it's a lot easier to kill millions of people through through uh, mass formation than it is to stage a war or anything like that. So that's what they're doing. I mean, it should be obvious to anybody that this is a depopulation agenda. That's what all the, the transgenderism is about. That's what the jab's about. Anybody who's had the jab, I mean, what they've done with the jab, they've put a piece of code, a piece of mRNA into your bloodstream. They've changed your DNA. Your mRNA, your messenger RNA, usually sends codes to your DNA to create certain proteins. When people get sick, like when they get the flu, it's not, it's not a cold virus. That's why they've never found a cure for the common cold. Because it's not a virus. It's not a bacteria. It's your body having a detox. All the food and toxins and shit that we eat from our society, all the crap that we're breathing in, 
your body gets toxic, so it has a detox. It expels all of these cells into your into your bloodstream. You get sick. You start coughing. You start spitting them out. You're expelling. This is a good thing. You're expelling all this stuff from your body, right? When your body and every cell in your body, bear in mind, every cell in your body renews itself every seven years. Really, if you are eating good food, look at biblical stories. People used to live 300 years, 700 years, you know, because that's the natural lifespan of a human being. According to the Mayans, you don't even grow up till you're 52. You know, it isn't until you've experienced every every aspect of every day do they even call you an elder or an adult, you know, and it's 52 years old. So, you know, we're supposed to live a lot longer than we do, but they, they feed us all this crap and our body detoxes. When your body detoxes, your mRNA tells your DNA to create certain proteins to do perform, perform certain actions. Every cell in your body renews itself every seven years. Your body is a, a self-repairing miracle it's autonomic like we were talking about before self-programming self-regulating self-governing self-defensive it has an immune system which they call an immune system it isn't really an immune system it's a detox system it's a repair system when you do these repairs and detoxes without their drugs to take away the symptoms because they give you drugs which take away the symptoms so you stop expelling all these poisons they get reintegrated into your body and you become sicker you need more drugs the way they do it so what they've done with the jab is they've taken that piece of code out and they've inserted their own piece of mrna which is telling your dna to only manufacture spike proteins to combat this so-called covid 19 when that's the excuse they're using anyway what they've done essentially is they put a piece of code in your dna to stop it making its own decisions your mRNA making its own decisions so now when your body you start to have a detox like a flu or, or whatever your body isn't repairing itself. Your body isn't replacing cells and repairing cells every seven years. So you're going to find premature aging. And this has already been reported amongst many people that those who've had the jab like three years down the track, they're looking like 10 years older because their body is not repairing itself because it can't, because you put a new piece of code in there. Okay. So yeah, that's what's going to happen to people. Your body has lost the ability to self-repair. It's lost the ability to detox itself because they've, they've inserted a new piece of code in there. So, I mean, it stands to reason when you understand basic biology, this is, this is going to result in whatever people's pre-morbidities is. Say you've got bad kidneys or you've got bad eczema or dermatitis. Or, and people have had the jab have said like they, they'd had their dermatitis under control. Now it's to the point they've got dermatitis on their eyelids. Like it's, it's everywhere over their whole body. Whatever you've got wrong with you, and if there was some little fault in there, well, that's going to be amplified and exemplified because your body is not going to be able to keep that fault under control anymore because of this new piece of government-controlled DNA. The government, the government can tell your body uh, what your problem is. If you've got a problem, go to the doctor and the doctor can maybe tell your body what to, what to detox itself from. You know, it, It's crazy. I mean... So that's why people are going, you're going to see people dying from all sorts of things which appear to be unrelated. Someone might get a bad cold and die, might get a liver complaint and they just can't heal. People have had cancer coming back out of remission, like with a vengeance, people's dermatitis. People have been having like necropsy disease where their skin's rotting. I mean, all sorts of stuff has been going on from these jazz because their body can no longer repair itself or look after its own detoxification system. And that's what the jab's done unfortunate but that's what it's done so i mean i don't want to see a mass die off either it's i mean i love people but you know we tried to tell them and ultimately it's it's their path it's their spiritual path through this realm whatever this realm is it's their spiritual path through it so you know and i don't think this realm is anything like what they tell us 
Um, I don't think the Globe Earthers or the Flat Earthers have got it right. <clears throat> but uh, that's another topic. So, <laughs> but um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, but that's what the jab's done. And another thing, like if you um, want to get sort of esoteric about it, um, if you, what I was saying before about your this being an electrical universe, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest this. I mean, everything's electrical. When you when you touch something, that's an electrical signal goes up, tells your brain, "I'm touching the table." You know, so how easy is it to interfere with that? To intercept that? to make you feel like you're feeling things and seeing things and saying things and thinking things. Yeah. You know, how many of your thoughts are your own? How many of the feelings you have are your own? How, how easy would it be for them to get in and manipulate this sort of stuff? Well, if, if it's simply a control of electrical impulses and a control of electrical information, all of this Wi-Fi and stuff that they've been doing, all the, the graphene and the injections, which we're seeing routers and all sorts of stuff being formed. There's so much information about this. But, but thinking about your consciousness being in the field, not local to your body, it's simply tuned to your DNA so that what you, what you harvest from the field is Jason. Well, if they came along and they gave a little DNA swab, you know, a little PCR swab, and took it off, well, now they've got your DNA. You look at the Cray computer, and I was reporting back in 2010 how they've um, been able to grow brain cells on, on uh, computer boards, on, on circuit boards. Yes, I've seen um, They're using DNA in chips as well because it contains a lot more information than, than silicon. So if your DNA is literally a frequency, like an antenna, which is harvesting Jason from the field, they come along, they swab you, get your DNA, take it away to the lab. Then they come along and they give you an injection, which inserts a new strand into your DNA a new little piece of government-controlled mRNA, which is not part of your original DNA. Now they've changed the antenna. It's like having a TV antenna. You've just tuned it to a different station by putting a new piece on the antenna. They've got the original antenna on their circuit board back in the Cray computer. So now when Jason is being harvested from the field, he isn't going directly to Jason's body. He's going to their Cray computer, and then they're sending it out on a new frequency according to the new antenna they put in Jason. And they can just insert little feelings and thoughts and... That's why having people personalities change a little bit who've had the jab. And many of them are saying the same things. You know, oh, if it was if it was bad, well, it is what it is. You know, statements like this, you're having people say, Well, my sister, she's the same, but she's a little different since she had the jab. Could that be why? And then if they decide, okay, well, when when the body expires, well, they've got that consciousness trapped in the mainframe, trapped on the Cray computer, living in a virtual world that it probably doesn't even know that it's in. It probably still thinks it's living in this world. You know, and you look at some of the things that they could do, like with memory replay. You heard of the Mandela effect? Yeah. You probably have. What was that all about? I mean, and I've experienced it myself. Things, things have changed. Things have physically changed, like my Who album. It's changed. The label's changed. So was that actually shifting my consciousness into a new reality, or was that an experiment in memory replacement in certain parts of the population? I just wonder about that sort of stuff. So, you know, all of this stuff, it sounds all sci-fi and right out there and, and not possible, but all you've got to do is read MIT papers, read their, their own official reports coming out of MIT, coming out of, of NSA and CIA, come and go and look at some of the patents they've got on mind control going back as far as 1974 and what they can actually do with this stuff. Some of the stuff I was reporting about back in 2010 that they're doing now. I mean, all, all the stuff that's happening now, there was a film I put out in, in 2012 where I was talking about this whole transhumanist agenda and this depopulation agenda and how it was all going forward, leaps and bounds. I mean, a lot of the people that are dying, I mean, do they even know they're dying? Or are they just going into that mainframe reality? Because everything about this reality is pulling us in there, making it attractive. You know, once people put these Apple Vision Pro glasses on and all this sort of stuff, 
they could get pulled in there and not even know they're in there. I, I really believe they could. And um, maybe that's a lot of what all this is about as well. It's like, it's almost like a Noah's Ark type of thing. It's just pulling people into that, what I called before the Lucifer system, into that mainframe. Is that what it's about? Is that what hell really is? Having your conscience never die. And it even says, if you want to get biblical about it, that in those days, men will pray for death, but death will not come. Death will evade them. Is that because their consciousness is trapped in the mainframe and their souls are hovering above it in the well of souls where they like to keep those things? You know, so is that really what's going on here? So when you even look at it that way, more and more does this come down to your personal choice through this? And under no circumstances should you be afraid of death because there are far worse things than death. But that's what they use. The fear of death, you need to have the jab. The fear of death, if you don't have the jab, because I'm going to beat you to death. You know, all of this sort of stuff. You know, the fear of government, it's just fear of violence. That's all government is. You know, when they elect new government, it's just who you're going to give the monopoly on violence to this year. You know, because the government has all the weapons and they use all the violent means against everybody else. And what's the definition of terrorism? Well, violence or the threat of violence carried out against civilians as a means of coercion, often for political reasons. That's the Oxford Dictionary definition of terrorism, which is the method that the government and police use against the people all the time, all to instill this fear of death in you. So that you'll do what you're told, so they will get you into the mainframe, get you into the world where they're completely in control of you. And I think what they're even doing with this whole COVID scam and everything they're putting in place is they're perfecting that world where they'll be able to harvest these kids' souls almost as soon as they're born, you know, and get them into this mainframe world almost as soon as they're born. It'd be like uh, like the Matrix, you know, everyone virtually living in pods and just powering the system, you know. That's heavy. Yeah. And there's uh, there's so many similarities already mm. to where. And looking at all that, I mean, I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news or anything, but but looking at all that, how can how, it gets to a point where there's so much information so in your face that how can you deny this is what they're doing anymore? I mean, it's in your face. People just got cognitive dissonance. And it's like, um, um, it was a Jay Gahoover said, um, the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous, he cannot believe it exists. And that's the limitation of the whole thing. But once you can see it, and sure, we do what we can to wake people up, but ultimately it's your path, brother. It's your choice. Under no circumstances should you be afraid of your own power. Under no circumstances should you be afraid of death. Always be true to yourself. Always speak what you feel, say what you feel, and be the best person you can be, and you'll make it through. And ultimately, that's that. You, you can't help anybody else develop those qualities. You can suggest a better way for them. I've tried to. I've tried to be the best friend I can to people. I've tried to be the best person I can through this life. And I'm not perfect. I have limitations. I mess up all the time. I'm human. What do you want? You know? You know, but but that's that's really the way through. So that's why you know, you can't worry about this because ultimately what you're scared of is death. You're scared of something happening and they're going to hurt you or they're going to do this or you know you're scared of death. Ultimately, you should not be not be afraid of that stuff. I mean, ultimately that's what you came here to do. It's what you do with the information while you're here and what physical state you are in when that moment comes. And if you walk the path of the warrior then you can face infinity without flinching anyway. And facing infinity without flinching is facing a world of infinite possibility. I'm not saying stand there like a, I'm not going to budge when they come for me. I'm not saying that. It's, it's, you're able to face a world of absolutely infinite possibility. Anything could happen in the next second. You don't know. When you die, you've got to be prepared to face an infinity of possibilities and be okay with it because that's what it is. 
you know. So if you walk the path of the warrior, you can do that and you can adapt and you'll come through it okay because I think this is just the exam. I think the final event, the main event comes after this test. Now, if um, if Max Egan was daft <laughs> in another life and Max Egan can talk to that daft Max Egan, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give him? If I could talk to my myself and give him advice before he came into the world, it would be just what I just gave you then. Yeah. You had to be able to face infinity without flinching. Believe in yourself. If you throw yourself to the wind, you can ride it and you don't have to do what other people say. Be yourself to the fullest of your potential and, and ignore what anybody else thinks about it because ultimately it doesn't matter because you come in here alone and you leave alone. You can do that. You can be the best person you can be. Be the friend that another person would want to have as a friend and walk the path of the warrior. Face a world of infinite possibility without flinching and simply go with the flow and realize it's all part of developing your soul structure, all part of being you and knowing who you are, because ultimately that's what you came here to find out is who you are and what value you have and, and what this, this consciousness is, what life even means. You know, I mean, you look at all this stuff and, and we've been screaming out about all this, this control mechanism for years. Well, now it's in your face. What an incredibly enlightening and incredibly empowering and inspiring time to be alive. One of the greatest times to be alive in the history of the world, I think, because of the level of opportunity it provides for human consciousness to excel. And that's, I think, what we're here to do, brother. And this is the time to do it. So, yeah, gloves are off. Let's go. Boogie. I say party time, you know? Right. And last question is we keep on talking about pushing this agenda forward. What do you think this next thing is? Like we're hearing a lot about UFOs and the fact that we've captured aliens and there's all these distractions that are out there right now. The submarine was just not that long ago. Where Where is the next event? Like what do you- Well, I think all of this stuff, people forget things from one week to the next or from one day to the next. So all these events and aliens and stuff. And they've been warning us that alien disclosure is imminent since 1976. So I'm not holding my breath on that one. Uh, it, it might be something they can use to distract people. I don't think a lot of people will buy into it. Although it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if they do. I think that's one of the reasons they do so much spraying in the sky because the sky is kind of silver now. Yeah, it's not blue anymore. It's got a silvery blue, like a movie screen. It'd be great to project holograms onto a silvery blue sky. I'm wondering whether they can do that. You know, they're, they're working on it. Um, perhaps that's one of the things that's even in the jab is something that they've done to people's eyes so they'll see these things. Who knows? That wouldn't surprise me um, because at the moment, I don't think you can see holograms without um, without your phone or whatever, you know, but um, maybe, maybe there will be something like that. I think it's more going to be keeping people distracted by expecting that sort of stuff to happen, expecting there to be some new development with the war in Ukraine or expecting there to be, you know, an alien invasion or expecting there to be an announcement, which like I said, they've been pushing that agenda since 1976 you know, while they are like what they've done in Ukraine and all the all the money that they're funneling in there, like I've said to people, they're not actually funding money money into Ukraine. When they say oh, we've given you know, ten billion dollars to Ukraine or whatever for you know weapons to fight the Russians, well, no, they've actually given ten million dollars to or ten billion dollars to Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, who've shipped all their old out of date weapons over there because these things have got a shelf life. And so the money is actually still in the United States. They've just shipped the weapons over there. And of course, the Ukrainians have got them and put them all in a stockpile so Russia could bomb them. You know, so that's the way that's kind of working. It's all theater for the masses. 
but um, I reckon it's going to be a financial collapse of the United States because when Biden um, blocked Russia out of using dollars to trade, when he invaded Ukraine, he said, well, it's naughty boy, you can't use our money anymore. The whole world stood back and went, hang on, you're telling us we can't go shopping unless we do what daddy says? You know, never in the history of the world, in the history of currency, has any nation blocked any other nation? I mean, when, when did what countries were blocked in World War II when this massive world war was going on? Who was blocked from spending money? You had Rothschild's banks running the whole thing. You had American companies trading with Germany during World War II. You know, the, the Rockefellers and the Luftwaffe couldn't even fly without a fuel additive they were getting from Standard Oil. So, you know, the, the whole thing was a scam. So now Biden's come along and he's locked Russia out of using the world reserve currency. That caused a lot of countries to stand up. That saw BRICS come about, which they tried to do years before, and it was squashed by the West. Well, no one's really trying to squash it now. It's all come about. And all these countries are now trading in different currencies now. When the US dollar is plummeting, like here in Mexico, it used to, it was 20 to 1. Like uh, 1,000 US dollars will get you 20,000 pesos. Now 1,000 US dollars will get you 16,000 pesos in Mexico. So it's, it's dropping, dropping and dropping and dropping. And when it actually drops, the only, like America is so in debt, they've gone in the last year, they've destroyed over a thousand food processing plants. There's been how many, 65 train wrecks in the last year or something, all in environmentally sensitive areas, of course, just by mistake, and nothing to do with us. So they're, they're, they're breaking down the food chain, they're breaking down the supply chain. You've got kind of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and race riots and shit happening through the United States. And the first thing they go and do is destroy all the department stores where all the places they buy food, you've got people trashing food stores and, and 7-Elevens and stuff. None of them going to trash the government buildings who created all their problems. No, no, we'll leave the politicians alone and we'll, we'll wipe out the basic infrastructure in our city. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what, what, you, what, you're gonna, what are you going to eat? What, the other people? I don't know. You're not going to have a lot of food you can go and buy because none of you got any life skills. You don't know how to grow a garden. And if you're living in Seattle or New York or LA or like you're living in one of these big cities, forget it. You know, you're living off the food trucks. You're a truckitarian. And now you're creating situations where the trucks aren't going to be coming to your area. So what are you going to be eating? You know, so they've done this to the United States. Really, really set the dominoes in place. All we need is some sort of an escalation financially or, or some weird thing to happen with the election in the United States. Oh, it was staged or Trump got back in or whatever for the, for the system to collapse, the financial system to collapse and for America to lose its place as the world reserve currency. And it's all over. If America loses, because that's the only thing that's kept maintained the lifestyle. America's trillions in debt. If they lose their position as a world reserve currency, while they're completely militarily expended, war's going on everywhere. They've sent all their weapons off to Ukraine. They can't really defend themselves too much. No one's joining the military anymore. They're having to put up recruitment ads on TV trying to inspire people to join the military. No one wants to know about it. Everyone's fighting on the streets and doing whatever they want to do. Everyone's on welfare, so no one cares about anything anymore. So many businesses are closed. That's all it's going to take. And, and suddenly the US dollar is going to plummet overnight. And because most countries trade in US dollars, then their currency is going to plummet as well. It's going to send a repercussion wave around the world that it's, it's going to shock a lot of people. And that will be when we see things like power grids going down and blah, blah, blah. And they've already shifted all the communication methods. It's very difficult to find a phone box anywhere. Uh, it's very difficult to communicate or get any information out or any access to anything without the internet anymore. If the internet goes down, the power grid goes down. Well, right. 
And that's why they're doing things the way they are as well. That's why they want biometric tracking and stuff for you to log online. So you're going to look back and say, well, Jason's uh, podcasts over the last couple of years, we're just going to debank you and we're going to make sure you've got to be biometrically scanned in order to even log online to begin with. And if you're a person that we don't want to log online, we're not going to approve you. How are you going to tell anybody that you can't go online? You can't ring them. You can't, we're going to send a letter to them and say, help, please. You know, you might get a reply in a couple of weeks, you know. So this is the plan for everything. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty freaky situation, brother. But I think that might be what we're going to see next is, or the next major thing. Sure, there'll be little theatrical things like sinking of submarines and holographic displays claiming its audience. I, like I said, I don't think a lot of people will buy into that. Yeah. I think a lot of the deep fakes and things of that nature are to usher on more security as well. Right. We well, need to keep your identity safe. So, you know, there's these deep fakes out there and you don't want to be doppelganged and all that kind of stuff. Well, the so deep people... fakes are going to be for us, I think, as well. Like, yeah. um, I mean, there's enough, certainly enough vocal samples of my voice online and <laughs> yeah. videos of me that I could disappear completely and get locked up in a camp and then continue to do walk and talks for the next 10 years. And probably mm -hmm. no one would even realize that it wasn't me. With the level of, of um, resolution and stuff they're doing, like with the new Apple Vision Pro. I've got 64 pixels and stuck it down into one pixel. So you got 127,000 pixels on a screen the size of a postage stamp. This is just you know, outrageous, the, the clarity they're going to get. You know, if they were to disappear me and, and put a deep fake Max out there doing videos and just slightly bending the story to what they want, how would you know? Right. You know so, and people would be sitting there, oh, there's still people out there fighting for us. I don't have to right. get up off my butt myself. Yeah. So, well, Max, you know, we need to have a safe word. What's the safe word? So I know it's always you. Well, there's no point, there's no point putting it on air, is there, brother? <laughs> oh, Max, thank you so much for your time. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your light. Thank you very much uh, for your perspective. And there's going to be some stuff in here that um, is going to be oh, difficult gonna, for people to it's digest. It's going to offend everybody, brother. It's going to offend them all. Right. Anyway. But you know what? That's just... That's just putting information out there. People that need to see it will gravitate towards it, and the people that don't won't. So, Max, thank you very much uh, for your time. My pleasure, brother. We'll do it again. Okay. And until next time, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can.